Well, hello. Today we are going to be talking about investigative judgment. Now, to many believers, the word investigative judgment, or at least the doctrine of investigative judgment, can strike fear into many Christians. Now, today we're going to explore this. Should you be fearful of it? Well, in short, the answer is no. We should be grateful for it. And this is the reason why. Well, before we launch into investigative judgment per se, let's first set the stage for this topic today. A person's ultimate destiny depends entirely on his or her choice, meaning you either choose to join the group of humanity that is ruined by Adam, or you join the group of humanity that is redeemed by Jesus Christ. The result of this membership can be seen in its external behavior or external evidence that determines which group this person decides to join. We can also say that those who choose not to accept Christ's offer or the benefit that Christ has offered, in other words, those who have choose, chose to remain in Adam chose sin. Those who elect to be part of Christ choose righteousness and holy living. So in the end, there are only two groups, the righteous group or the non-righteous group. And to be a member of either of those groups, we have the choice, we have the right to make a decision. So that's the background I want to first establish. You know, the Bible takes judgment very seriously. And judgment, in essence, brings to an end the final phases of God's redemptive plan, God's activity that he has begun in Christ. And of course, after the judgment comes everlasting righteousness, which means eternal uh, living, or eternal condemnation, either one of those two. Now the Bible is very clear in what it says. It says everyone, without exception, every human being must appear before the judgment seat of Christ. I quote Romans chapter 14, verse 10 to 12, and I quote, But why do you judge your brother, or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, each of us shall give account of himself to God. Unquote. So the Bible is very clear. Every one of us has to give account for himself. Now, for believers... We have accepted Christ and we are deemed righteous in Christ. As believers, they will appear before the judgment seat represented by a wonderful lawyer called Jesus Christ, represented by the advocate Jesus Christ. So the first point we're making here is that in an investigative judgment, during this judgment stage, do we have any fear? No, 
not fearful because we are represented by the most powerful being ever. And this being is Jesus Christ himself. Now, we are also not fearful of, of this simply because of this. Now, I want you to, to take note. In John chapter 5, verse 24, here Jesus deals with the judgment of those who have accepted him. Here Jesus is talking about believers who are being judged. Now, hear this out. In John chapter 5, verse 24, it says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life." Unquote. Do you realize what's been said here? The judge and the advocate are part of the God's head. And Jesus here is saying to those who have accepted him that fear not. Basically, he's saying, hear my words. And he's saying, he who believes in him has everlasting life, meaning it shall not come into judgment, unquote. It shall not be condemned, in other words, but instead will have passed from death into life. If you meditate on these words, it's simply saying the verdict for the believer, the verdict for us Christians is never about condemnation. Did you hear that? The verdict is never about condemnation. In fact, indeed, there is no condemnation for a believer. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says clearly, I quote, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, unquote. So did you hear that? If you meditate on these two verses, it's simply saying when you are a believer and you truthfully accepted Christ as your Savior, the investigative judgment on believers, it's not about whether they are judged to be condemned or they're judged to be righteous or not. It's not about righteousness. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So there's no reason for Christian to be fearful of investigative judgment simply because the verdict for us believers is never about condemnation. Now then, it begs the question, doesn't it? If the verdict was not about condemn condemnation, then what is the verdict about? What is this judgment about? This is where we get into the heart of investigative judgment. You see, the Bible divides this process of judging into two phases. Phase one is the judgment of believers. If you are a believer, that we will be judged in phase one. And judgment will have three characteristics, which is, of course, the trial, and then after the trial will be the verdict. And after the verdict, of course, will be the sentence. And that's like any other courtroom. Then there is a second part to 
the judgment phase. And this second part is really to judge non-believers. So you do have a judgment process that is one for believers and one for non-believers. And the Bible is very clear in stating that in the New Testament that the judgment starts in the house of God. You can see that in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17. And I quote, For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Unquote. What this is saying that the judgment for believers clearly happens before Jesus returns to earth, his second coming. Meaning, at Jesus' second coming, he will be coming with his reward or the saved reward. And the reward that he is going to be given to those who are saved at his second coming is the glorification of those who are righteous. You can see that in Daniel 7, chapter 7, verse 22. Now, you can call this judgment or this part of the judgment or the first part of the judgment the pre-advent judgment. Because if Jesus were to come with his reward at his second coming, he would have had, had to at least make the decision or has the verdict before he came. And this, is, this happens at the investigative judgment stage, which is the first stage of this judgment. And this first stage is then for the believers. Now the second stage for the unbelievers comes when Jesus finally returns the second time or at the end of the world. And when I say the end of the world, I mean after the 1,000 years. In other words, the true last coming of Jesus Christ. This is the time when all the unrighteous and the wicked will be judged, verdict given, and they all would then fully understand why they are given that verdict. And after that, the sentence will be then proclaimed for all unrighteous and the wicked. Right now that we've covered that initial background, if you like, let's focus now on investigative judgment. As we mentioned earlier, that we know that Jesus said that he was going to prepare a place for us, for believers, and he would return and take the believers home with him. Of course, and we did also mention that he would return with the reward at his second coming. It would seem that the trial and the verdict could and should have taken place prior to Jesus' second coming because he's coming with the reward. And the only way you have a reward is to have some form of final judgment of the believers. So this investigative judgment would have to take place prior to Jesus' second coming. So what this means is all believers are now being investigated, are now being judged as we speak. But we also did mention when we are being judged, when our case is being presented before our Lord, 
we have an advocate called Jesus Christ. Even though we're not in that godly courtroom, we know our legal representative is doing everything for us. So being an advocate, he's doing a lot of work for us right now. What this also means that there is nowhere in the Bible that says when Jesus comes again, which means after the investigative judgment, that he will come again as an advocate. The Bible has never said that. The Bible is very clear that when he comes again the second time, Jesus is portrayed as the king and the conqueror, not the advocate anymore. Well, simply because his job would have had finished after the investigative judgment, before Jesus finally comes to earth to bring us home. So when Jesus comes a second time, he's going to be coming as the king and the conqueror, not the advocate anymore. So if you look at this, what it proves is that Jesus is the believer's advocate right now in heaven, not when he comes a second time. He is our advocate right now. Look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, and I quote, My little children, these things I write to you, so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Unquote. Now, having said all this, it raises a very, very interesting question. The question is this. If what we heard was correct, then why is there an investigative judgment anyway? Some would further question by saying, well, if we accepted Christ, and if there is now the judgment is not of condemnation, then why is there any judgment for? We are already saved. We are not condemned anymore. God sees us, those who are in Christ, as righteous in Christ, so if God sees us as righteous in Christ, should there be any more judgment required? So why is there investigative judgment for believers? Now this is a very, very good question, a very important question that we ought to fully understand as believers. And when we understand and answer this question, we can then stay in the confidence and in the knowledge that we have nothing to fear as believers we have nothing to fear about the investigative judgment and we have nothing to fear simply because of this and let's answer this question we must all remember that there is an accuser of the brethren called satan and he's out there out there trying to bring believers down by by many many methods and we know he lies we know he, he 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 deceives and above all he tries to bring believers faith down in other words if we can get believers out of faith then without faith there'll be no grace and no grace there'll be no salvation so satan is working furiously in the end times trying to affect the faith of believers so as a continuous accuser of the brethren, the devil accused them day and night. 
Now, God's purpose in this investigative judgment is to vindicate believers. And I'll repeat, is to vindicate believers. He brings the believers' works into judgment, into investigation, what the believers have done, not to prove their righteousness, but to prove the genuine nature of the believers' faith. Now I quote, The purpose of the investigative judgment is to vindicate believers, bringing the believers' works into highlight, into judgment, into investigation, not to prove the believers' righteousness, but to prove the genuine nature of the believers' faith. I hope you get this subtle difference. And now perhaps you can understand why just then we're saying that investigative judgment is not about, the verdict is not about condemnation. The verdict is therefore about whether the believer's works comes from the genuine nature and comes from a genuine faith. In simple terms, God judges a person's motives, the direction of the believer's life, and the verdict that God will provide will be an honest and correct verdict. So it's the motivation, the genuineness of the person's faith is in judgment, not whether the person is righteous or not. That is why you must remember this as a believer that you are saved by grace through faith in what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. But you are judged by your works. And the word judge is not about whether you are saved or not. The word judge is about whether your motive and your intention and your faith, faith is a genuine faith. Meaning, if you fully accept Christ and have full trust and faith in Christ, you will automatically produce works that is Christ-like. Some would term it, you are saved by faith that works. Look at James chapter 2, verse 20 to 22, and I quote, But do you want to know O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect? Unquote. So can you see what this means? That you are saved by faith that works. Not faith plus works, but faith that works. In short, the judgment of believers during the investigative judgment phase is a wonderful thing to vindicate us believers by saying, look, these are the people who have already accepted Christ. These are the people who are righteous. Now look at the evidence that supports this statement that they're righteous. Their evidence are seen in the works that they have produced. It is an evidence that they are saved, not a means to being saved.
in another way so works produced by this righteous person prove that this person's faith is genuine nothing is said in the investigative judgment about works proving one's righteousness so what's happening here and i would like you to think about the investigative judgment in this way what appears to be happening here is that the judgment christ is bringing forward his people's works of faith as evidence that they are justified by faith then christ our advocate can say to god the judge he can say my righteousness is theirs because they being the believers have genuine faith this is the purpose of the investigative judgment is to vindicate believers like you and i so in conclusion we first ask this question should we be fearful of this judgment that's happening right now the investigative judgment for us believers and i did say no and i did provide the reason why i said no so dear believers when you truly understand and reread and meditate on those verses that are given in this audio you will realize there is nothing fearful about investigative judgment it is everything to look for because at this stage it is when we prove through our advocate that our genuineness is from our heart and our motives is from our heart god bless and i pray that this helps you in fully understanding that the investigative judgment is there to help us and to support us and to vindicate us thank you God bless us all.